All right. So what's up, ladies and gentlemen? We are glad to have you here. So today, me and Nick, we are doing our first official podcast, meaning this video is going to be the first podcast video that is uploaded to our podcast channel, which is called The Black Diamond Podcast. So welcome in, Nick. Glad to have you here. Hey, good to have you. Wonderful. So do you want to start off by kind of just giving your YouTube channel a shout out? Yeah. So I'm Nick and I run the Cosmic Observer YouTube channel. Basically, I just break down anything spirituality and the occult. And it's very similar to Jeremiah's channel. We kind of share that same energy current and a lot of the same knowledge, but from two different individuals and two different perspectives. So yeah, go check that channel out for sure. Mm, the Cosmic Observer. Yes, definitely check that out, ladies and gentlemen. And also check out my YouTube channel, which is called Universal Mastery. Actually, I think both of our channels are linked in our names right here at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. So just type in those names to find our own individual channels. And you're going to be able to study a lot of occult information as well as the self-development, uh, you know, emotional integration type of information, which also becomes extremely important to know about. Okay. So with that being said, we're just kind of hopping on. We don't really have, you know, any super rigid structure about what we're talking about. So we're just going to let things kind of flow as they naturally need to flow. One of the first things that kind of comes up is death. I feel like I kind of want to talk a little bit about death and what exactly death represents as an energy and how can we work with death? What does this represent to you, Nick? And how do you work with death energy? Absolutely. So for me personally, I believe that death is something that probably should be celebrated in this world because really death is like a graduation from an old phase into a new phase. So it's a form of rebirth. And it's really, it's a beautiful thing to transition from death to into something new. And that can take place without actually physically dying. So we can undergo th things such as ego death, which really is like a death to our our old ways of living, the way that we would run or go about our lives, we can kind of die to that and transition into a brand new state of being with new perspectives if we allow that to happen. But we obviously mm. have to surrender and kind of let go for that death process to take place. And it's not, it's not a simple or easy process and it can be very painful because you literally have to like let go of your identity but if you're able to do that and create a relationship with the energy of death then you can become an extremely powerful person in doing so hmm. Hmm. so then with that being said let's say for somebody that's hearing you say that right now which i i do very much so re resonate with and i'm sure there's a lot of people that understand this but there may be people that don't as well. Why does death become important? 
why would you want to embrace it and celebrate it? Why, what, what do you feel like in your perspective is the goal for this death energy? What is it designed to do for us? Definitely. So in my opinion, it's like, it's, so there's cycles and that we are always going through like nature cycles where when the winter comes, all of the trees shed their leaves and they kind of like go inward and then the spring and summer comes back around and it's kind of like a rebirth type of thing and so it's part of nature is is this death and so we're always kind of um, shape-shifting from going inward and then being more outward and external and it's all about cycles and we don't want to live in the same cycle forever because then there's not a whole lot of evolution that can be gained and and just living the same thing over and over and so kind of what is in between those cycles is a form of death so it's like a almost like a doorway that you walk through it's like okay i learned everything that i i could from this experience so now i'm going to walk into this doorway and find out what's on the other side. And in order to walk through that doorway, most of the time you're gonna have to shed something or let go of a, a belief system or a perspective. Um, for example, I'm walking down this spiritual path and this teacher taught me all of these things. And from learning this, I transform my life. I'm a better person, I eat healthier, um i have better relationships but eventually you'll hit a dead end because with every path every not every path will lead you to where you need to be each path is like a stepping stone from one path to the other and so in order to walk through that next doorway you may have to let go of a lot of the things that you learned and so and that can hurt your who you identify as because you may identify as this character that believes these things and knows these things but the universe is always kind of showing us that things aren't the way that we think they are and so their truth is not just one thing truth is this huge multifaceted thing that you'll find that there's truth in everything and so and that's really what the death cycle is about is is letting go of one belief to find truth in something else that we may have forgotten or a way of thinking or being that we haven't necessarily lived out yet so mm, wow that was that was deep and that was really powerful advice or perspective i should say on how to understand death and not necessarily be so resistant to it but once again realize it's a part of nature and everyone experiences it that's the funny thing wake up call to everyone who's here there's one thing that is guaranteed and it's death and from death you actually understand life and i'm from the belief that death seems highly related to feminine energy in the sense that it seems like the way that i've experienced death energy in my life is that it has always been a doorway to my feminine energy 
So what what I what I see tends to happen a lot of the times is a lot of us identify and I've spoke about this subject like kind of briefly I think on a previous live stream we did I think the one with with Colin where I, I think I may have mentioned that the component of parts within the self between the masculine and the feminine and a lot of people identify with um their masculine part which is that fragment because that's usually the part that likes to control things and create that safety through what they can control and what you can manage and when you're overly identified with that energy uh you typically i mean not typically you are definitely neglecting your feminine energy internally and then you re you you reach a state of being not balanced and the universe is actually always working with us to balance us so we tend to manifest if we are doing that identified with this like for example this masculine part of ourselves, and we're overly attached and we produce this identity connected to it like what you were saying we typically will unconsciously manifest circumstances in our life that are designed to put us through death energy not necessarily physical death but spiritual emotional psychological mental death that then opens the door for us to embrace this other part of ourself which in this scenario would be the feminine parts and then we can start creating this harmony between two different aspects of ourself um so yeah that's that's what i've come to kind of like learn about death energy it kind of opens the doors to be receptive and to let go and trust the process and feel our emotions because as you can imagine like when something's dying you can't really do anything about it you can't control it you can only go with it and realize what is it showing me right um yeah yeah so it, yeah i was gonna say and it's it seems like it's this energy that is gonna come regardless and you can't i mean you can fight it but it's like it will if it needs to come it's going to come and there's really not a whole lot that we can do about it so that's why gaining a relationship with death and rebirth is very crucial especially on the occult path because there's going to be i don't know if anybody's told you that but there's a lot of death that will be taking place especially mm -hmm. if you're walking down sort of the left hand path or the darker side of evolution there's going to be massive amounts of death energy that is going to have to be experienced and so just really gaining that relationship with it is very crucial because you know if we hold on for too long eventually um very negative experiences can manifest and that could be you know a forced type of thing and that can manifest in different ways, whether that's, um, you know, something happens where you, you know, your, your business, you lose your business or, you know, your significant other divorces you and you lose money or you get into an accident or you have a health issue come up. These are all things that can come up to create that that death energy, you know, and that transition. And so if we can gain a relationship with it, then we can prevent those catastrophic things from, from manifesting. So for sure, for sure. And, and on that note too, it's like, 
that's exactly what happens when you resist death is it manifests in your your physical reality and it will show up like what you said in relationships like traumatic splits uh health problems um loss of finances things in that nature and it's not that these things are bad it's that these things are actually happening to further attune you to the death because it's it's shocking your system it's shocking your nervous system and that's changing your the way you identify with things and that opens the door to step into that space within yourself where you let go more so it actually took those things to happen in order to learn the lesson but what nick is saying is that the more attuned you get with this death energy and the more you build a relationship with it, the less it needs to get to that point. So you don't need to traumatize yourself with a traumatic split, a traumatic health manifestation, a traumatic business loss. You can bypass that by flowing with death. But the reality is, is we're all humans, silly, silly humans. And we do things that, uh, you know, often show us these, these examples. And in different ways, you know, it's going to be different for every person. Some, some people go through very similar archetypal deaths, like, you know, the relationships is a big one and the, you know, maybe losing businesses and things of that nature. But then, then it can get a little bit more nuanced depending on what you're having trouble dying to. Um, yeah. So with that, can you give some examples on what it looks like to build a relationship with death? And could you also share an example of you experiencing the harsher reality of death energy as well? Absolutely. Um, so for me, I've, I've had a, a lot of experience with ego death. And it seems to be a very common pattern within my life, more so than others, where right when I think I understand something fully or i'm on a good track it's like i have to continue to like shed these layers through this this ego death and it's very powerful because it's like it it keeps you in check and it it's keeps you almost like humble in a way where it's it puts you in this perspective where it's like i don't 100 percent know but I'm just sharing with you what's true for me and what helped me through my journey. And so it kind of gives you this, this huge amount of humility. And so, but the, the benefits to that is you don't have to argue your point. You know, I'm not, mm. I've died to so many different perspectives. That's like, yes, what you're saying is probably has some truth to it. Mm. And so you find that there's nothing to really argue about. And so that's definitely something that I've um, gained from that. But um, what was the question again? <laughs> so that so let's let's actually touch on that before we go into the second piece. That's uh, so that is a benefit to building this relationship that you've cultivated with death, and um, the way that you worked with it and started embracing death was through ego death. Um, and we'll touch on that in a little bit, but so on that alone, it's like you have this new perspective in everyday life where because you've gone through so many ego deaths, working with that energy in the universe, that you literally see the multifaceted 
perspective of consciousness where it's almost like you're able to observe many different fragments within someone's awareness to understand that they may be identified with one over another. And you realize that fragments can have different belief systems. They can have different physiologies. So for example, you can identify because you've gone through the alchemical process of death when someone is uh, identified with a fragment and also realize that maybe in 10 years that will completely change for them. So there could be truth for that fragment in that moment that resonates with that part of yourself too. And then there could be that falsity that you know from personal experience that you went through when you died to that fragment. Definitely. And you realize there's a whole nother side to it, a whole nother pendulum swing. Absolutely. Very cool. You know what yeah. comes to mind even with that that idea? There's a mm-hmm. there's kind of like this, I think this like archetypal character that shows up in in movies and in shows. I think I'm thinking of Game of Thrones, the faceless man. Um, that's just like the kind of idea that I that I that comes to mind when we talk about like being attuned to that death energy and recognizing the full scale of consciousness. It's like, in many ways, you can be perceived as being faceless. Like, what's your identity? You know what I mean? And it's like, when you work with this death energy so much, you really get to work with the identity that is most resonant in that moment. And that shifts as well as you integrate, as you continue to process and move through your path. So you don't get overly attached to this like one identity. And yeah, that just brings up like certain archetypal characters from some of these movies that are very mysterious. And it's like, you can't pinpoint them. And they're, they typically are connected to like darker figures, like the Game mm-hmm. of Thrones, the faceless man. He was kind of like a darker figure that was poisoning people underneath the table mm-hmm. with, with, with a girl with, uh, what's her name? I, I forget her name. The little girl who was it. trying to get initiated by him. Okay. So in many ways, he was like an archetypal representation of this death current, and she was initiating with him, working for him um, to gain this knowledge that you're kind of talking about. So, wow. but yeah, so the other question that I, that I had was, um, so, and I, I still want to touch and I'll, I'll, I'll share my piece on that one just so, so you understand kind of like what I'm asking in the question, because the question can be a little bit like nuanced. But um, okay, I'll, I'll actually go there now. So I wanted to know, like, what does it look like building a relationship with death? And you did share the ego death part, which is a huge component. But what else, like, what else do you recognize shows up when you're kind of working with this death energy? So I'll, I'll share some examples. When I started working with death energy, um, it started when I was getting into black magic. And it started with invocations of entities that are associated with the death current, which is just a natural current of energy in our universe that is very important to work with. And um, it it started showing up through literal death, like literal dead animals. Like I would notice more often on the side of the road. Um, sometimes I would I would notice like death as a whole more often. Like I would be on the news and somebody's dead. And it's like, whoa, very interesting. Or I'm driving and there's like a car accident. You can like tell somebody died. Ambulances flying by like, uh, and even down to the symbol of the skull 
started showing up a lot more often. I would see like cars with stickers of skulls and it would just grab my attention. I could be looking at so many other things, but it's like right there. And yeah, so death would show up like this in my life very synchronistically, very old to me when I was working with that current. And that helped me to go through these ego deaths. It helped me to realize, wow, this is the this is one of the most deep truths of reality is that all things die. And in order to keep going through that rebirth process, you have to die first. So did you notice things like that kind of manifesting when you were uh, working with that death current? Well, for me, um, I don't think anything like that caught my attention in, in particular, but it was more like, it was more like qualities that I could, that I would be experiencing. So the first things I would recognize when going through um, such an experience would be like loss of identity where I felt like I have to share this, this um, inspiration that I got, I have to do this or I have to do this thing in this certain way, or I believe something in this certain way. And then it would be like, say the next day I would be going through this, this ego death it's almost like it's almost like a, an energy that comes over you that's like well i actually don't know i don't i don't think i know actually anymore and you, and then you don't feel this like urge to like share this or argue this point or do this thing and it's like this because because predominantly we identify with our belief systems so that's kind of who what we build our character around is who and what we believe and so when our belief systems are threatened through death then that's a very painful experience because we have to let go of that part of our identity so it's linked in with who we think we are is from what we believe and so those are kind of the most common traits that I would experience is like that loss of identity to, because that's our beliefs is what builds our identity. And so mm -hmm. what you said before is it goes into that guy with no face. You know, I spent two weeks um, crossing the abyss, um, which we could go into that because I don't know if everybody knows about that on this channel, but Crossing the Abyss is basically, it's death or death on the tree of Kabbalah. And you have to experience some extreme ego death to cross that abyss. Um, but when I was crossing the abyss, I stayed for two weeks at a rest stop in my van in Colorado. And the rest stop was named No Name Rest Stop, literally mm -hmm. No Name. And so that's what I was going through was I was, I was being, becoming, you know, really losing my identity and becoming more formless in that way. And so that's why there's so much power in death energy is because we're not one person. You cannot find us or trace us when we're, when we, we continuously go through the portal of death and rebirth 
because we're always transforming into something new, into something new. And so you become really like an ultimate shapeshifter and you can take any form that you want and you can take on any, um, you know, you could take truths from anything that you see in the world, whether you're whatever belief systems that you have, there's something that I can gain from you because I don't have anything that I might identifying with. So that's, you know, some powerful traits from going through that death energy. But um, to take it back, what are some experiences that I have? That's pretty much what I go through. Um, and what's like an experience that I've like a deep one. That would be one of the hardest ones I went through was when I was crossing that abyss. I was I met a female and I kind of like attached onto this the idea of this female because it's like our lower self wants to identify with this fantasy that it's created. And so our our ego is always creating fantasies. It's always creating a story around something. No matter what that is, there's always this story when you're daydreaming, you're like, ah, oh, like the, you know, you're thinking about things that are probably not reality. And so you kind of create this, this big story around this thing. And so that's kind of what I was doing when I was with, when I met this female and long story short, a lot of events took place, which led me to separating from this female and kind of like having I was at a place of like having nothing at this point. And that was like one of the most major ego death experiences because, you know, it seems like we've, we put our all or our entire being into like a relationship, for an example, or whether that's a business or whatever that is, we put our all into this. So when that fails or when that dies or when it breaks away, it's almost like you lose this massive aspect of yourself. And that's exactly what took place. And it was very, very painful. Um, but it was the exact experience that I needed to, to basically come to terms with that part of myself. So. Mm. Mm. Wow. So what, what is it specifically that you learned about yourself from going through that specific death of kind of having this idea on the relationship at that time and um, creating like a storyline behind it almost that was a form of attaching to the identity and then having it kind of be taken away from you? What did you learn about that specifically do you think that that was related to some sort of past trauma by any chance definitely um i think that just from my observation many people that have been in relationships and then they end up separating they some people never are able to get over that person and so it would be like six months later, one year later, two years later, they're always thinking about what could have been, what could have been. And so they're still holding on to this idea 
and now they're watching them on Instagram with their new husband or wife and they're like, that could have been me, you know, or whatever. And so they're just in this, this state of hell that they've created for themselves. And I know it's a very painful experience because of the story that we created around that experience. We told ourselves that this was the perfect person. We told ourselves that there is nobody else like this. I'm, I might not ever find anybody else like this, or this was the perfect relationship. And we're telling ourselves all these lies out of fear, out of fear of losing this person. But if that was the case, then nine times out of 10, that exact relationship or experience was only there for you to have that experience was for that person to break away from you or do you dirty or however it happened but it was there for you to break you open the experience was there to break you open and the longer that we hold on to what could have been then the longer we don't transform we don't allow the gifts that that experience had to fully be integrated into ourself. And so if we just let go and just see it for what it is and say, you know, we were both mistaken. We were both, you know, at lower points of our life and, and then just move on. You know, it's not the perfect person for you move on and that's as fast as the transformation can take place and as soon as that transformation takes place you forget all about that person or you could care less and so that's kind yeah. of what i experienced and that's what i see firsthand is is that that people really hold on to that and by holding on they can't transform they can't fully they can't fully open themselves up because it was there only to break you open because mm. you have a wall around your energy field and your heart. And by that person breaking your heart, its sole purpose was to break it open. And so that's mm. pretty much how I saw it or see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot of very important um, perspective on that type of situation that a lot of people are right now in this moment working with uh, as they're watching this podcast. Um, that story that you're even talking about of the idea of like what this can be and what this is going to be, that story is also rooted in the early childhood trauma that was probably most likely the story our parents had to the same fucking story. And it's just that we didn't know that because they didn't tell us this internal story because it didn't work out the way they wanted it to work out. And we're carrying that same internal story. From the generations and we're trying to regenerate it and really what the story is is actually it's it's a manifestation of the ego trying to run away through identification of some deeper emotional roots of whatever something happened in the in the in the trauma something in the past took place that the human is trying to escape and we create these strong archetypal stories within the bloodline to run away from that that pain of the emotion of whatever this trauma was who knows what the trauma is but the the beauty of what you're talking about is that and the beauty of evolution is once again you can't escape death 
So when you set the intention for self-development, you are setting the intention to start working with death energy, whether you believe it or not. Now, obviously, when you're doing ritualistic practices like black magic or getting into the occult, you're working with it in a very sensitive way. Like you're intensifying it. And you will be shown um, these emotional roots that are behind these e this, this identification we've created with the story. So the whole breaking of the heart or breaking of the relationship is meant to resurface whatever the repressed emotion is that's literally connected to the root of the actual trauma itself, the root of the story. And when you start to feel and process whatever that emotion is or emotions, which typically is going to be like fear, sadness, loneliness, abandonment, worthlessness, and a whole host of those emotions, anger sometimes, as we feel those and we allow ourselves to really process them, that's integrating whatever the fuck this root is. And we may not know what the root is, but the more we integrate the emotion, from the trauma, the more we unlock access to some of the memories of whatever that potential root could be. And this root can go back through the generations. It can get deep. Um, so yeah, and then as you said, you went through that, you process some of the emotions behind it, and then you can let it go. It's like, it's not that you don't care about the person. It's not that you don't love the person still. It's just that the relationship changes. And you realize, wow, like you literally came in my life to teach me this lesson. On some level, the source of all creation assigned you to me and assigned me to you and placed you here to hurt me emotionally. But actually, instead of just hurting me and leaving it there, you gave me a chance to heal because I was actually hurt the whole time. I was playing a game pretending like I was okay. And that's a process we all go through, which becomes our healing journey, our integration journey, and our, our stepping into our authentic self and stepping into our power. And um, you broke that down very beautifully so that people can understand this process. And hopefully what I just shared, it can give a little more context to what's, what's also taking place in those moments. Because I think all of us by this point, I would say like 95% of us have been through heartbreak to some extent. Um, so cool. So that was all connected to death energy right there. Now, I guess I'll share an example on my end of a time where I um, overly identified with with death or excuse me, over identified with like a, a part of myself and then neglected other parts and death had to step in and sort of teach me a harsh lesson. Um, so, you know, this one, this one's a big one, but when I was going through my initiatory experience of crossing the abyss, there was a lot of things that I had to die to. Um, and I previously leading up to it, I was identified with a masculine part of my psyche. Um, I went through a lot of abuse with my father in, the, in my childhood. So I felt like I needed to be this masculine warrior to protect myself at all times. I unconsciously was feeling like I was going to get abused any moment. So I was always in this energy of like, I'm a warrior. No one's fucking with me. I'm too strong. And when it came to crossing the abyss, the beginning stages of initiating that crossing 
literally happened after I invoked Karanzan. And we'll talk about the Abyss piece too in more depth after this subject. But I remember like I was faced with letting go of this part of myself that I was overly identified with. And it was so serious that it was manifesting in my physiology. Like you would actually see my physical hand would tense like this when I would talk to people because I was so, I was so running away from what was going on inside of me that it was like I had to hold, I had to hold on and grab on for, for my safety. Even if you go to my oldest content on my YouTube channel, like somewhere around the five, four year mark, you will see videos, some videos of me where my hand is like this. And when it came to, that was like my nervous system. And my dad had, my dad has actually, he's got a lot of things with his hands too. So it's a generational trauma there. And I, I just learned it from him, but I didn't know this until recently. He, my dad does this whenever his, whenever he's losing sense of control and he's starting to enter into his feminine energy, this is what he does. He like flicks his hand like this and it, it like takes away your attention. Like you'll be talking to him and you'll just hear this like clicking. It's like, what the fuck? And he doesn't even know he's doing it. And it, that same trauma manifested, but I did it like this. And it was very clear that I'm like, yeah. So I go to, I go to cross this abyss and energies have shifted drastically. I manifested a, actually I'll save that for later, but long story short, I, I could tell for the first time I had a pretty, even though I had this like issue, I was very good at like psychoanalyzing myself because I had done a lot of work you know, leading up to this point. So I could tell like what's coming through my, my consciousness. I could tell like, okay, is an entity communicating with me? Is this like generally like my ego speaking or is this like, what's going on here? Is this a message from my higher self? And for the first time I went a whole entire year with this like attachment and this identification, this intense identification. Um, and then out of nowhere, my mind, my ego started attacking itself for the first time. Like I had thoughts that had come out of nowhere for the very first time that were telling me to like, like telling me things that were not good things. Like saying things to me that I've never, my mind has never told me. Previously, I, I felt like I, I controlled my ego. This time it was like my ego was trying to control me. And it was like saying things to me that were like terrifying. Like you're, you're not gonna, like you're gonna die. You don't let go of this. Like my mind was telling me shit like that. Um, and it was the weird, I had never experienced this in my past. And I noticed it and I, I let myself be receptive to it. And I let it, instead of trying to resist it and keep pushing away from this, like this voice in my head, which was my own consciousness, was my own ego turning on itself. I knew internally this was a part of my growth process and I knew I knew I had to let go. I already knew it because I had done so much work and so much education leading up to this moment. So I let that be the sign of death energy showing me like you're hitting a point where it's like you you're at the the threshold right now where if you don't let go, you're going to be in a psych ward and you're going to literally be that person that doesn't know who they are, thinks the government's trying to track them down, thinks the entities own your soul, all the crazy shit. I was, I was experiencing what it was like to play with that type of consciousness. And I knew that once I let go and let go of this part of myself where 
like literally let physically let go that, that things would shift for me. I let go scary as hell for me to let go. Cause I was making myself vulnerable. Um, I was stepping into my feminine energy to its deepest degree for like the first time in a long time, a deep degree. And immediately that voice went away. It never came back again. It was just, it had no reason to be there anymore. It was like, it was, it was like my own ego that I had created a parasite. That's what parasites are. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, like astral parasites, these are thought forms that are created by fragments of our consciousness that we are identified with. So I had created a parasite based on this fragment of masculine consciousness that I was identified with that when I initiated the abyss, the parasite started attacking me because the whole point of the abyssal crossing is to purge the parasites, to purge the fragment, the fragmented attachments. And that's exactly what I experienced when I stepped into that high priestess energy. This is why the high priestess is the archetype that crosses the abyss, that dark feminine energy, that deep unconscious state. I became so much more vulnerable. I had to process the fear of being vulnerable. I had to feel what it was like to just like actually be fully human and feel all my emotions in a really sensitive way and be like not in control, but to still know I'm unsafe. But that thing went away. That whole mind thing just completely vanished. And that became it's a whole nother part of this like integration process. But that's what people deal with um, when it comes to death energy and when it comes to their own psyches. The psyches are so extremely powerful that we, we create everything we're terrified of. And when we manifest these situations, like what I went through where the mind starts attacking itself, it's, that's exactly what it is. Your own consciousness is attacking itself so that you can let go of whatever that fragment is that you're attached to. So it's happening for a reason. It's not a bad thing. It's literally the same thing that happens in the physical body when you get some sort of like gut infection when you get a blood disease or any disease, any autoimmune type of responses, they say it's the body attacking itself because there's a malfunction in the body. It's the same concept with mental parasites. It's you being attached to something on an energetic emotional level that is then manifesting physically through the body where the body has to break down that it has to break down certain functions so that you let go of whatever this mental and emotional attachment is. Mm. And um, that's a death energy. All of this is death energy. So the more attuned you get to death, the more you flow with it, the more you learn about it, the more you work with it. Literally, the more health you get, the more business opportunities you can manifest, the more powerful you become, uh, the more you feel good in life in general because you you're you're not attached to anything you're you 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 know how to attach but you also know how to let go cuz we're not perfect we have to attach to things in life in order to get things done but we understand the foundation of it is like oh this might leave at some point and i'm okay with it so very cool very cool so with that um Let's go. Did you, did, on that note, did you have any pieces that you wanted to share on that or do you want to go into yeah. the, the next topic? Yeah. Um, to add to that, I was going to say a lot of people, they're undergoing a lot of 
things where there's always like this outside energy or force that's like trying to attack them. So, and we see this firsthand in the spiritual community where we're always like protect our aura, sage the room, you know, I need more protection. I'm doing protection spells and meditations all day. And we're protecting ourselves from this negative energy that's always attacking us. And so I kind of got really big on down this one path where it was all about astral parasites and like aliens that are like attack out to attack you and like all of these things. So I'm like, well, I, we better, um, I better figure out how to defend myself against these guys, you know, whatever. But at a certain um, point, you realize that you're only experiencing all of these things because of what you just said you're holding on to a certain aspect of yourself. So it's, it's literally manifesting in the astral as a parasite, an alien, negative energy, a, a curse, you know, whatever that is to show you where you need to let go, where you need to surrender. And that is what leads to many people going schizophrenic where they're talking to themselves. They're talking to something else in the room because that's an aspect of themselves that's been fragmented out and now they're split. And so that's why people go mentally insane or crazy because they are just holding on. They're not letting that death process take place. All you have to do is step into that doorway of death and then you're not going to have to worry about any of that stuff anymore. So, and that's how you, it, you're going into a brand new dimension, a brand new reality where none of that stuff even exists if you just let go and surrender to that death process. So, you know, I know a big thing is like some people um, talk about aliens out to get them or whatever. And it's like, well, if you step in that doorway, they can't find you because you're, you're gone into another reality, but you have to die and you have to surrender in order to do that. So. Yeah, because you're no longer in energetic resonance with with them anymore. Um, there may be there may be certain aliens that exist in our universe that their main job is to play these adversarial roles, right? right. Like we're we're talking about the left hand path and black magic. We can't pretend like this isn't true. Um, there are forces in in the universe that are clipothic in nature, and their role in evolution is to be the ones that that manifest trauma their role is to be the ones that create the fragmentations. I mean, this is like the most, like there's this video, music video that just comes to mind. I mean, there's so many of them, but um, you look at like the Doja Cat music video of Paint the Town Red, you see these this demonic mother, father figure with a baby basically. And then you see this random cut screen to a, a vase shattering on the ground. It's like, this is all subconscious fracturing of 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 the psyche that brings us back to our past traumas and actually programs trauma to happen in the future uh, to a large extent um so there are beings that exist in our universe that play that role and it's not a it's not necessarily a bad thing at all it's it's only a it can be an unbalanced thing when you're not aware and you don't know how to work with it but even that plays its role because not everyone's supposed to understand those processes and i'm just kind of adding to that too um 
everyone deals with fragmentation. It's like we all sign up for this to be human, every single one of us. So this fuels the the reality that none of this is is evil. None of it is wrong or bad. It's literally why you came here because there are dimensions where fragmentation doesn't exist. And we, some of us may have had lives in these dimensions, but we still chose to be human. Why, why are we choosing to be human? It's because there's a lot of potential in coming here with, with consciousness being wiped and then going through trauma to then reintegrate that trauma and re-remember the roots. There's evolutionary growth that happens in that process for any being. And um, with that being said, um, working with your fragmentations are important. So for someone who's been extremely identified with, the, let's say, their masculine part, and that's what they produce their reality on, once again, that's very common in modern times because of the nature of the masculine energy and how it protects. This is why feminism, the modern feminism, is like the woman who's becoming the man. It's because they're trying to program the masculine identification. Um. The, when the pendulum swings, it swings heavy to the other side. When the person becomes receptive, so what that means is you have to let go of that that identity. You have to let go of this part of yourself and allow that pendulum to swing pretty drastically to the other pole. And with these different fragments in consciousness, there is literally a whole different biology and a whole different physiology and a whole different mindset connected to these different parts internally existing within us and to swing that pendulum is to experience a whole different mindset and a whole different perspective on reality and that's what a lot of people are afraid of because then they start realizing holy shit everything i've identified with for the past 15 years is literally bullshit <laughs> because now i'm in this other pendulum swing of realizing it's bullshit and that's also the 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 nature of these fragments is that they oftentimes completely oppose each other. So the masculine has a, a belief system that's completely completely opposing the feminine fragment. And the goal is to reach the center state. But you usually can only achieve the center state, which is the spirit and the soul, the higher self observing the physical body with the fragmentations. Um the goal to get to the center state is actually through working with your fragments. So when, so if you've been overly identified with the masculine fragment, you have to shift into the feminine fragment, which is the complete opposite. And by shifting into that, it's going to be extreme. But over time, you're going to start noticing it come into a center integrated space where it's like, oh, wow, both of these energies coexist within me and I can use them both to do what I'm here to do, like in unison. This is the whole idea of the Baphomet symbol. This is the whole androgynous occult symbol and why it's so powerful. And once again, what often happens is people will, when people do finally let go of their fragment of, let's say, the masculine identification, they switch over to the feminine. Then they kind of identify with that and they say, fuck the masculine. Forget that. That was the wrong choice. I live, trust me, I've lived 10 years in that identity. That's not the answer. It's this one. And then you have a whole nother manifestation of the same thing, just with the other fragment. And, yeah. and once you express that enough or let it come through and work with it, the whole time what you start to realize is that these internal fragments were all a part of the you. 
And they were both at discord with each other internally, which means your your masculine and your feminine energy actually didn't agree with each other or didn't work together. And that usually shows up in our family dynamics where our parents usually have altercations. And that sets the stage for both of these energies to war against each other. And um, like, yeah. So with that being said, um, there is a center space, but it comes through experiencing and working with the fragments, but not completely attaching and identifying with them to the point of not being able to let them go. And you will swing between the, the poles and find the integrated center space eventually. That's what I really started to experience with my crossing of the abyss. I felt like I got to that center space and I had let go of this like overly identification of the um the masculine energy, but I was still working with the awareness of like, where does this come into the picture? Like, like now that I've been like, now that I realized the masculine energy for myself was kind of running the show, I needed to find a healthy way to reintegrate it back into my psyche without playing that other side where it's like, fuck the masculine. They're all pieces of shit, you know? And, and the real reason I'm saying it is because I had an abusive father. So it's like the masculine plays a very significant role, but it needs to be integrated with the whole of the, um, internal ecosystem. And then you get to the center space where it's like, okay, I get it. I have both my masculine and my feminine and they come through when they need to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We see that firsthand sometimes when you say there's a, a guy and a girl that are in a relationship, the guy does, does her dirty. And then from there, she's like, I think I'm a lesbian now or something. It's like, I don't fuck men, you know, because they, they just yep. get hurt so badly. But, you know, it, it's just an opportunity for them to step into a new aspect of themselves. They don't necessarily have to go to those extremes, but, you know, whatever helps you process your emotions, you know, just, I guess, do what you need to do at the end of the day. But yeah. And sometimes once again, going to those extremes is actually what the person needs even though it's not the the true core of the the um the processing it's it's a piece of the processing where it's like then you go into it and you realize like wow i might this is a whole new reality this is like a whole new paradigm with a whole community of people that are in the same trauma paradigm but then the few out of those are going to realize wait this isn't it either like this doesn't make me truly happy at the end of the day like this isn't like a balanced state to be in fully and you get to work with it like that. And it happens, this happens in so many different unique areas of, of life experience itself that it's quite fascinating to observe. Definitely. And that that's a, a really good example of what I was describing earlier as far as stages to evolution and stages to consciousness and understanding is that this relationship was here to teach you something. And then that person or that aspect, if you pulled away or broke, broke your heart. So then that really almost traumatized you in a way. So then you say you become lesbian, for example. So this is a new path that just opened up. And then you find people that are on this path that you resonate with. And you can, you can grow on a spiritual level because you're now embracing different aspects of yourself that you didn't before. And so you're going down this path, you learn and you heal these different parts of yourself, but then something hits you and you're like, well, I don't, 
am I fully lesbian? Or do you meet a guy that you're like really attracted to, for example? And then in order to kind of move on from that, you have to die again. You have to, because your ego now identifies with being lesbian or being gay or whatever that is. And that's going to be another process of, of letting that go to move on to something new because we're, we're not just one thing, you know, and, and we should have the compassion for ourselves and the humility to understand that each thing that we go through is just an experience. You know, we're not this or we're not that it could change tomorrow, you know? So don't set your life up to where it has to be this way because, you know, we don't, things can change. Things always change and it's okay. You know, I don't have yeah. any judgment towards those people at all. It's just experiences that we go through. So, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, I do come from like a personal belief on, you know, in regards to like what we are like between man and woman, I do believe like at a deep core level, when we choose between a gender, we, we choose it to be that gender, if you will. Um, and as I say that, that means nothing, you know, disrespectful against anyone that is gay or changes their gender or whatever the case is, because that's just what you have to go through to, to learn and to grow. And it's a part of your process. If that's what you're experiencing, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's completely accepted on all levels by me, but I'm, you know, this is what I personally believe and what I've come to learn through my experience with deeper spiritual awareness is that when we have a specific gender that becomes the physical manifestation, that's typically on a higher level, what we're supposed to work with, because in reality, most of us have already gone through many past lives and we, we cycle between the male and the female energy. So if you're choosing the physical incarnation of male or female, that becomes important to work with to balance out your previous lifetimes. What I find is some people do have trauma connected to certain uh, li past lives that they've had where, when maybe they were a, a woman and now in this lifetime they may be a male and they're still working through that past life trauma where they now think I need to be this other thing in order to heal that trauma. And I can understand that. So there's no judgment on that. I could, I could get it. Like if you have to dress like a woman or you if you if you have to do something that helps you channel that energy i get it but i but i also want you to be open to not fully just identifying with it either and allowing yourself to shift according to where you are um and that's that's what i believe about that so i like that you brought that up yeah i think that's very powerful i think but when it comes to it i think maybe people um have some shame around that you know, because they, those thoughts might be coming back and they're like, well, I've, I've already told the world that I'm this, I can't really change now, but just knowing that, you know, and just having that compassion, you know, for yourself and to where, you know, it's, it's, it's just, the most important thing is what you do and what you feel is best for you. You know, it's the outside world can say what they want or judge you, but do what's best for you and don't do things just because of an image you've created or because of the opinions of others. Mm. Uh, be, just know that you, you can do that, you know, for yourself to sh make those shifts when needed. And, you know, that's huge. That's pa what you just said is so important because 
a lot of people unconsciously are going off the opinions of others and going off of societal programming, thinking that that is them. Thinking that, oh, I feel good because they're accepting me. I'm going to keep being this way or I'm going to keep going against what actually I'm actually feeling internally. Like that's where it gets nuanced because this is societal programming at its finest. When you are identifying your internal compass with external validation, and that can keep you locked in these trauma bonds of whatever the community is formed around. Communities are powerful, but it's rare to come across communities that are based in the principles that me and you are discussing on our channels in regards to, hey, if you resonate with my community, if you resonate with my vampire service, this is designed to, to support your growth process. It's designed to help you understand some of these things that I've had to come to learn through my journey. But if there's ever a point where you're not in resonance with it anymore, you feel like it's not, the ne- it's not for the next stage of your growth, I encourage you to move on to that next stage, whatever that looks like for you. I don't want to make my community so rigid or my my empire so rigid that you have to cut off important parts of your soul to be a part of my my community and that's how a lot of communities are structured in our modern times where it's like once you identify with it it's like there's no going back and you know it's there's people in my community just as an example that like started off like left-hand path like into all the dark shit and some of them have openly said like you know, I've done a lot of that stuff and I feel like I resonate more with the other side now, like the positive side. Like I, I don't feel like I need to do these darker rituals anymore and do this predatory black magic. I, I just don't resonate with it. And when people tell me that, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're following what your intuition is leading you to because clearly you had to walk down this path, come across my content, my community at a point to get to where you're headed now right. as a stepping stone. Definitely. And, um, yeah, so that that comes down once again. All of this connects back to the trauma piece because the trauma is what drives us into trusting external influence over internal awareness. That's why it's the emo- the emotional processing. All of it is rooted in an active trying to escape from feeling what you're actually feeling. So, very cool. So with that, Nick, um, we'll touch on one more subject. We've already gone for an hour. I think we've shared a lot of powerful stuff here so far. Um, let's just touch on the abyss really quick. Okay. And let's go into like a little bit on what that experience was like for you and how did the abyss happen for you? Like how, what, first of all, I guess let's start with defining what is the abyss? What is this mystical experience? Yeah. So, so if we've ever looked at or studied the tree of Kabbalah, you can you can check it out if you don't or have never heard of it there is a hidden 11th sphere so there's 10 spheres to begin with and there's death which is in the middle of the supernal triad at the top and basically there's a point in time when you're moving through the tree of kabbalah and it's it's when you're moving through kabbalah it is soul initiation it's self initiation and each sphere represents different aspects of ourself 
and typically when we're moving from sphere sphere to sphere like a little mini death occurs like okay it's like okay die to that let's learn something new die to that learn something new until eventually we get to a place called death and that's going to be your um your ultimate one that's going to be the one where you're going to have to put your skills to the test so when you go to cross that abyss that's when you really have to let go of um your your identity you have to let go of of who you think you are and die on a major spiritual level and it can manifest in many different ways it could even manifest in clo getting close to physical death you know in an extreme case of course but um it's very it's it's an extremely powerful and deep experience that you can go through and in order to successfully cross you do have to let go of a major aspect of yourself and so what card is that the high priestess, high priestess. yep that's the pathway through death and so that will manifest in a profound experience it will manifest in the exact experience that will take place that is designed specifically to destroy or integrate this aspect of yourself so it's almost like the thing that you are avoiding the most the thing that you would never imagine that you want to happen you're you're building your life around this not happening typically that sort of experience is the one that will come and, and disassemble your identity or your character and a lot of people get caught in the abyss where they lose their sense of self and their identity and they don't make it through because they don't they don't let go and so they're still holding on to it as it's pulling it's like you, you gotta let go buddy and you're like no and so that's where it can manifest and terrible things honestly and so mm. can we can i chime in on on one piece on that on that yeah. note so the abyss is so we think we all have heard the term of the mass collective unconscious the abyss is wider than that that's like literally the universe's unconscious like realm where even from other planets and other ga uh, galaxies that we share this like map this huge collective unconscious realm which is like pure energy pure potential pure chaos and that's what we're energetically tapping into when we work with the abyss so with what nick is saying when a part of you needs to be sacrificed in order to cross the abyss in other words let go of or died to then the reason why people fail this crossing which actually happens more often than successful is because as we said it's because of this identification with a specific fragment within their psyche and you could even say their soul and their spirit that they are holding on to which when they initiate the crossing of the abyss is then sent by entities which we call Karanzon, sent to this chaotic space to this abyssal space in the universe which exists on an energetic plane and when you enter into that energetic plane there is so much data 
so much going on that there is no way to identify and create a reality that makes that makes logical sense in that realm. That's why these people, as they hold on to this part of them that is sent to the this abyssal location, uh, they experience psychosis, they experience schizophrenia, extreme paranoia, and even sometimes take their own life because it's so much going on that it's just shattering their their identity so much, so completely that it's just, it's one of the most traumatic things you could go through, but it doesn't mean you're screwed either. It doesn't mean like if this happens to you, you're not one and done. It's not like the end of the world. It just means you just went through a fucking traumatic ego death, like more traumatic than what the average person would ever experience. But you can still bounce back from that by processing the emotions that are behind losing control and losing everything that you thought you ever wanted, losing everything you thought was a part of what this identity was creating, completely letting go of the story. And that comes with a lot of processing fear, sadness, anger, loneliness, depression. And you can actually wean yourself into that feminine energy and start moving through the abyss rather than being attacked by it or feeling like it's it's trying to break you down and shatter your consciousness. You can start flowing with it again. And I've seen people actually that have initiated this crossing and have gone through extreme psychosis to the point where they're actually in the mental hospital, but then were, were working with me through the process and I helped navigate some of the emotional processing, giving them some of the education on what's actually going on and they eventually let go and surrendered the old life. Like there's someone that comes to mind specifically, they were living a certain way and that was the reason why when they went through their abyssal crossing, they were dealing with huge psychosis because they weren't letting go of their way of living. And when they let go of it, which required a job change, literally required living in a different place, like going to a whole different state, like they had to leave their apartment and live with, with family. All, with all those steps, they're now thriving and their life has changed so much and they got back on the path. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just thought I would, I'd chime that in as you were kind of explaining. Yeah, beautiful. Um, where was I at? Just, I guess, explaining it. But yeah, it was like, it's it's a very profound experience. And, you know, if this path is for you, then eventually you'll come across this information, you'll take it on, and you'll, there may be a point that you get to where you do cross the abyss. Um, but as long as you have knowledge such as that which we shared in this podcast, then it will definitely help you out a lot because, you know, not having this knowledge and then crossing the abyss, we're like, I don't even know what's going on right now. I'm dying, you know, and so it can create a very horrible experience. But if we have this knowledge, we can use it to maneuver such experiences um, much easier. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's really, it's like, you could call it like the ultimate, one of the ultimate initiations would be crossing the abyss. So, and a lot of people aren't able to make it and, you know, just using the proper, um, tools, knowledge, and having the humility and being in your feminine energy with that letting go, that surrender, um, is really your best your best um, options for being able to move through that energy as, as, mm-hmm. as effortlessly as possible. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
And um, with that, it is the it is the ultimate initiation, a hundred percent. It's it's one of the the most transformative you can go through. It's it's what Aleister Crowley referred to as the completing the great work. So it is once again like basing off what Nick was just explaining. It literally is going to require you to sacrifice probably some of those things that are your deepest attachments. And there are occultists that exist on the internet right now that have said they've crossed the abyss, but you look at their life and you can see they're still in it because of their addictions and their, their attachments. And when I say still in the abyss, it's not, I'm not, I'm not saying that as like a pity them, shame them, ha ha ha. I'm saying that in the sense that like they haven't fully crossed. So they're not as initiated as they might make you think they are. I've seen some occultists, I'm not going to mention names, but uh, that have mentioned like they they cross the abyss very effortlessly. That's actually one of the biggest red flags uh, in someone that you're learning from that tells you they've crossed the abyss. If they say it, that they've done it effortlessly or that they've done it in in like a week or two weeks time or even a month, they're full of shit. Full of shit. I have not spoke to any serious practitioner that has gone through this experience without speaking from a place of utmost surrender and 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 honor to what that experience did in their life. And and even like maybe a deep space of having to process fear behind it when we talk about it, because it's like that experience is no joke. It flips everything upside down and it forces change. And it takes, it actually takes a while. So for me, like I went through some of the deepest portions of it through a four month time frame, but it was still lingering. So yeah. it still lingered until a while. I mean, so there's one thing about crossing the abyss. And then after the crossing is actually where a lot of the integration takes place. Yeah. And that integration of the crossing takes years. I'm, it's been, pretty much four years since I've crossed the abyss and I'm still till this moment integrating that energetic phenomena that manifested. And I will sit here and tell you that during this crossing is when everything changed for me. My business blew up. I started learning about trauma. I started actually caring about it. I got sober. I've been, I've been almost four years sober now. When I used, that was my biggest vice, my biggest unhealthy coping mechanism. I have relationships in my life that are in alignment with my soul and my spirit. And so much has shifted. And all of that was absolutely connected to this abyssal initiation. And I believe with that being said, you know, Unfortunately, a lot of people go into it not knowing what it's actually going to trigger in their life, and they they don't successfully cross. And I have seen a lot of occult-based YouTubers that sit there and act like they've crossed. They tell people they've crossed, but they're still sitting there actively engaging with a whole bunch of unhealthy coping mechanisms that are just physical manifestations of running away from an emotion that you're supposed to feel. And that's what the abyss is all about. And if they were to sit there and somehow come across this video and try to take offense to what I'm saying, 
they would only be working against themselves because I'm not speaking from a place of trying to one up anybody or trying to comp- compete with anybody. I'm telling you what it is. And anyone that disagrees, that thinks they're the one, like, oh, no, I can still be addicted to these things. I can still have this toxic relationship. I can still, you know, be a sex addict. I can still have my alcohol, my cigarettes whenever I want. And I'm I'm an integrated, initiated magician. I've crossed the abyss. You're full of shit. You are full of shit. Alistair Crowley didn't even fully cross the abyss because he kept using drugs through the whole process. And that's what led to an early death for himself. And his his awareness at that time was, oh, drugs help me access the other side. But that just becomes a coping mechanism. That's called spiritual bypassing. And I, look, I'm speaking from a space of having done it myself. Trust me, I'm, I was that type of person that would have my fair share of addictive substances. And I, you know, I put it under the, the blanket of I've energetically charged these things. So they're, therefore they're fueling my growth process. And I get that that works to an extent, but when the abyss comes, you have to face what you have to face. Um, so yeah. So is there anything else that you kind of want to talk about with the abyss? Um, nothing comes to mind. Hmm. Okay. I guess we'll touch one last thing on the abyss subject and then we'll wrap it up there. How do you, so the abyss, the abyssal crossing triggers through initiation. So I, I want to actually cover this. There's a lot of people that are listening to us right now. As we're talking about the abyss, they're in their minds right now saying, I've done this. I've done this. I know what they're talking about. I, I've been here before. I know what they're talking about. And me and Nick are not here telling you you haven't. We're not doing that because I'm going to explain this. That'll that'll make sense. Um, the abyss that me and Nick are talking about, we're talking about the clipothic abyss. That's the one that we've both experienced, which is which is the deepest le- the deepest region of this unconscious realm in the astral plane. So this abyss that me and Nick are talking about is 98% not the same abyss that you on the other side listening are in energetic resonance with. You have probably have not gone through what me and Nick have gone through and have experienced it the way we have. Some of you have because you are a cultist and you are initiating, but most of you probably haven't. Now, the reason why people resonate so much with with whenever, when specifically whenever I talk about the abyss, I get people that say it all the time. They're like, I've been through that. I know what you're talking about. I, like, the reason why is for several reasons. There are different locations within our universal initiatory structured system that we're all a part of that actually do bring abyssal-like experiences. So you could think of it as almost like veils of the abyss leading up to the ultimate veil, which is the clipothic abyss. So these veils can actually be found here on the tree where you have the first veil called the veil of the profane right there. That will literally give an abyssal type of experience where there is that energy of like needing to surrender, needing to sacrifice something to move forward. Your second veil is going to be right here, veil of parakeith. That actually literally crosses from the sphere here of, of Net Zach into the center of the tree through the archetype of death. So it's the archetype of death itself that crosses this veil of the abyss. And that right there 
is also going to bring another death experience, another surrender, needing to sacrifice something to move forward. And then we have the the this crossing right here, which is pretty significant. This is going to happen on the Sephirothic side of the Kabbalistic tree. So generally, before people actually start getting into like the deeper portions of black magic, which starts to really work with conscious initiation of the clip-off, most people are energetically, for the most part, positively polarizing. Just because it's like the nature of society to, to kind of work towards that. Um, so some of you have experienced the crossing of this Sephirothic abyss. Um, and this can sometimes happen unconsciously for some people that are really taking their growth seriously. And that, you know, that's that's a challenging experience as well. It's a big death process. And then from there, you have a lot of potential to kind of, you know, work on deeper portions of your your psyche and and kind of create a life that's in alignment with with that positive polarity and things in that nature. Now, when you're getting into black magic and you're getting into the clip off, we're working with a whole nother system of initiation, which comes with these, these darker veils again. Yeah. So yes. So that's the clip tree right there in reverse. And yes, that, so we're going through the veils down the tree again, and they're getting more intensified this time. They're more negative in nature all the way until the, the major crossing. And this is actually what's known as the completion of, of the achievement of the black diamond. You can see, if you've ever heard in the, the black magic realm, the Adamus Atur, this takes on the shape of a diamond right here between the paths. And that's a full integrated state of this lower crossing with also the integration of the crown. And then the 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 sater, the mother sphere, the dark mother, and then the father sphere. And once you've grounded that and integrated all those energies, you've achieved the black diamond state of consciousness, which is like the most polarized form of the real black magician who actually speaks about concepts that me and Nick discuss between the 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 role of the negative polarity. Like that's when you achieve the real Luciferian embodiment, where you you have an an empire manifest you form almost like a social memory complex man in manifest form as well which often shows up through the through occult orders and then um you understand the role of what black magic represents in the bigger scale of things so you come from that space of seeing how it all comes together through cosmic law so yeah so uh Discussing the abyss, that's that's what's going on. So ladies and gentlemen, don't just jump into assuming that you've you've crossed that abyss because trust me, it's intense. And I have seen people wither away through this process. Uh, I actually have a good friend that unfortunately I haven't talked to in years because of that happening to him. And I think he, I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. I hope to my heart he's okay, but I don't know. And the last stages of him communicating with me, he had a gun like next to his dresser. So that's that's just the show like how serious it really is. Um yeah, so Nick, do you have any last thoughts on on the subject or or are we good to go? Um I think that is everything. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So we talked about funny it's funny how we talked about death and then we talked about the abyss kind of like naturally after that. I think that's a nice little formula for everyone to actually use this podcast to go through some pretty significant death experiences. I think in many ways, Nick, we actually pumped a little bit of this abyssal energy or a little bit of this transfer energy into 
whoa, even as I'm saying that, something just manifested like in front of me, something literally just manifest this little like orb manifested in front of me and just kind of moved across as I was kind of like going like this. So something's definitely here energetically and it's, it's absolutely going to influence those on the other side uh, to go through some of these transitions and to work with these energies within themselves. So very cool. Well, I appreciate having you on Nick. Yeah. And, um, Absolutely. And, and ladies and gentlemen, once again, make sure you check out Nick's YouTube channel, The Cosmic Observer. Lots of really cool content on there. Lots of really important information that'll help you through your, your processing, help you through gaining this knowledge that's important to know. And then definitely come and check out my YouTube channel, Universal Mastery. I've got tons of, I mean, I've got a whole host of content on there as well that talks about everything in the nature of what we talked about here. And ladies and gentlemen, subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you are subscribing. Tell your grandma, tell your uncle, tell your auntie, tell your cousin, tell your sister, tell your friends, tell people, spread this information. We are growing this 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 as a separate YouTube channel that me and Nick are both running together. And this is going to be our, our podcast channel where we're, we're going to be releasing content like this when we do. And it'll it'll be really a very valuable source for anyone doing these, you know, deeper spiritual practices and self-development workings. So yeah, with that being said, once again, thanks for coming on, Nick, and we will catch up on our next, uh, our next podcast. Sweet. Till next time. (laughs) Okay. Later.